Episode 69 of the BizTalk with Bill Roy podcast. Welcome. We have a simple goal here on the podcast to provide you with some insight into the people, places, companies, organizations, and issues that are important to Wichita's important business community. Lots of changes recently in Wichita media. Some folks have left Wichita and returned. Some have retired. Some have been laid off. People have changed, and our jobs as journalists have changed over the years with the internet and more technology. Today, I get to sit down with a friend and a former boss, actually, former Wichita Eagle editor, Tom Shine, now at KMUW. Correct. Uh, Director of News and Public Affairs. You bet. Thank you for being here. We appreciate it. First, let me talk about some notes about the weekly edition. We feature profiles of our leaders in diversity this week. These Wichita leaders are being recognized for their work in encouraging and working toward diversity in their companies, organizations, and the community. We write about them this week. We honor them at a luncheon, August 17. Our special report this week on talent, how to attract great workers to Wichita and retain them. There's an issue, Tom, right, for for this community. Ongoing issue. Yeah, absolutely. There's a new group formed to work on that issue. That's on page four. This week's list, the area's largest retirement communities, ranked by number of units. That's on page 28. Analysis begins on page 30. We also provide details of an education roundtable we held recently with WSU Tech's Sherry Utash, Friends University President Amy Bragg Carey, and Dennis Riddle, President of Cali College. That begins on page 35. People in sales always looking for leads, and we provide them to you each week in our leads section. We provide listings of building permits, new corporations, real estate transactions, who owes back taxes, new lawsuits. This week it starts on page 49. Back in a moment to talk the changing media landscape, to use a cliche, with Tom Shine. Welcome to BizTalk with Bill Roy of the Wichita Business Journal. Talking business your business, that is, is what Equity Bank's team of bankers does best. Visit us today at equitybank.com. Tom Shine joins me. He is Director of News and Public Affairs at WSU Public Radio Station, KMUW in Wichita. Before that, he was a longtime editor at the Wichita Eagle, was one one time one of my bosses there. You're from a print family, a journalism family, right? That's all we do. We're, we suck at everything else, yes. <laughs> uh, my father uh, worked uh, at the Detroit Free Press for over 40 years. Uh, both of my brothers are journalists, although well, one was an advertising guy. He said, pretty people are buying the paper for the coupons. Don't kid yourself. <laughs> and then my son is a journalist down at Dallas Morning News, Connor Shine, covering aviation for the morning news. He worked in Wichita for a while was as an, an intern. was an intern. Fed a couple of years at the Eagle. The only Las Vegas? Who ever asked to borrow money from me. <laughs> um, worked in Vegas for uh, for several years. Now I was in, in Dallas. We have had a member of my family in a newspaper newsroom since 1955. Wow. That is amazing. <laughs> so you're long. kind of familiar with the industry. I've been around it once or twice, <laughs> yes. I got to the Eagle in 1994. I was a ranch hand at KFDI before that and in radio for a few years. In my three years at the Eagle, we got an internet terminal. Remember, Hearst Laviana, reporter for the ah, Eagle, was yes. incredibly excited about that. Yes. We had one terminal and we could look up things on the internet. My, how things have changed, right? Just a little bit. Uh, it's uh, it's but just been a I mean it, and it's and it's it can cha- it's changing even now I mean Absolutely. it hasn't stopped yeah the internet exploded technology has changed just about every in industry and some industries have gone away I want to kind of talk about the impact on media first and then get into how it's impacted people 
And it goes back to the business model we chose at the very beginning of, of the internet. We knew we had to have websites. Right. And so that business model had to come about and we gave it a, gave it a shot. Talk about how that happened. Well, the first business model, of course, was uh, to give it all away for free. Right. Well, we just took the daily newspaper, basically, and I, not just the Eagle, but all papers across the country. Correct. And transferred it directly to the internet. There was no, there was just the paper electronically. There was no news about it, nothing new basically about it. Basically copy and paste it and onto the website. That's all they did. Yeah. Um, and, uh, and gave it away for free, um, thinking, well, it'll attract people into the electronic paper, they'll buy the print paper, what could go wrong? Right. <laughs> <laughs> there, there were a couple of companies that, from the very beginning, said, we're going to charge for our content. And a lot of us said at that time, a lot of people said in the industry, it's probably not going to work in well, the long run. Though. Well, because the Internet, when it first came out, of course, was it was a free universal thing. I could look up any company, right. not just media company, anywhere and get you know, all the information I wanted for free, whether it was from a, you know, a Dillon's or a newspaper or a record company. I mean, record companies, you recall, were the first ones who really felt the pinch of the internet when right. everyone started downloading music. And right. it's like, oh, we're, we're done. We're, we're finished. And that was the first one. People said, this is great. I get all the music I want. This is the greatest thing ever. Right. And no one ever thought about charging for it. Yeah. That obviously bit us, uh, and, and over the course of years, we have had to try to figure out, as an industry, just exactly how we place a value on our content and how we interact with readers that way. You know, there's, there's the subscription model, there's the advertising revenue that we get still from the print product, but there's also the advertising revenue from the digital product as well. That's been something that's really been tough for the industry to deal with. Well, in the industry, I think I think the media industry, print especially, was sort of slow to the table, was not very nimble and, and right. reacting quickly. And the Internet is all about reacting quickly because it changes so rapidly. I mean, even now, I mean, the you know, Twitter wasn't when 90, 1994, I don't believe Twitter was around. Right. If Facebook was around, it was just, you know, it was very casual. Still at Harvard. Yes. You know, so all those things that have come even since then had it really fundamentally changed the Internet. We haven't been ready for And you know there's going to be something else in three years, four years that's going to fundamentally change it again. And so I think the newspaper industry has really been chasing its tail almost since the beginning and still hasn't caught it. Talk about your observations over that time in the last 25 years. What, what have you seen that maybe the industry did right and obviously some things that were wrong? Well, I think what they did right was I always enjoyed the Internet um, and, and being able to. It used to be back in the day when something big would happen. I'm trying to think of a big sort of event that happened prior to the Internet. I know right. There was many of them. You had to wait until the next morning if you were a print paper. Right. So you could watch TV and radio all day long, report on a story, report on a story. You had to wait right. and then drop it all in one big gigantic package in the morning. I love the Internet that we could – we didn't have to wait. We right. could put up stuff right away. Greensburg was sort of the Eagles' first gigantic internet story because, as you recall, it happened overnight. Right. Um, it wasn't until you know, light, light the next morning that people could see the devastation. We reported on it all day out of uh, out of Greensburg and posted stuff, fo uh, photos. We weren't doing video yet. Right. Posted photos and stories, so it was great. Um, the, the, and so we did that really well, and we continue to do that. I think the media does a pretty good job. Uh, the Eagle does of printing breaking news. 
The problem has been the revenue side. It's always right. been the revenue side, right. as in there is no revenue or they've been able to, <laughs> right. to get. Right. Um, it's nickels on the internet and dollars in print. That's right. I think it's sort of the used, used to be the, the saying. And print still pays better than, than the internet. Right. And the subscription model is the latest iteration of, you know, what's the best way to do it. And, and as you pointed out, the Washington Post, New York Times have done pretty well doing that. I think there are exceptions to the rule um, in that they're such large national newspapers. Um, so they've been able to do it. I don't know that anybody else is doing it really well, um, but that seems to be the trend. Try to get subscriptions um, to get people to buy your digital, put up a paywall, um, and then and then see what happens. Uh, take us back. Uh, as, as you observe things over those 25 years, again, you're an editor at, uh, at a Midwestern daily newspaper. Um, what sorts of things did you see as far as the bigger companies, you you were seeing things happening all over the country, including, you know, there was the sale of Knight Ritter sold and McClatchy acquired the Eagle, things like that. Well, they, and, and that's what also, I mean, the Internet combined with, we had the financial crisis in 2008, right. I guess, which came right after, I think, McClatchy and Knight Ritter uh, became one company. McClatchy bought them, I think, in 2006. It closed right around then. And, and then, of course, the value of newspapers in the next two years dropped at least by half, if not by two-thirds. Right. And McClatchy was left holding the bag kind of for all this Knight Ritter property that they'd bought and, and got stuck with and didn't have value. Started shedding newspapers. Trying to, you know, so they, since then, really, in about 2007, 2008, they've been trying to cut their way to, to, you know, to get even again, and it right. just hasn't worked. But the newspaper industry, I mean, I remember even in 2000, you know, the Eagle had like 13 or 14 people take buyouts, older people, older right. staffers trying to cut salary. So they've been trying to cut salary and save money, you know, for a long, long time. But it's really been accelerated by the Internet um, and the ability to, to do that. You know, we're a, they're a publicly traded company, so they have stockholders and shareholders to answer to, so they have to produce a profit. And it's just been – the Internet has just sped that up so quickly, and, and it seems like they have been able to, to get a good, solid – business plan put together before something else happens and they got to change it again. Back in 1994, when I joined the Eagle, how many people did we have in the newsroom about at that point? We had the third floor pretty full. Yeah, I, I would guess, you know, I know I know. I started in 1980, which is going way back. I right. actually worked at the Beacon for a month, <laughs> which is how old I am. Um, and uh, and it, when they combined the Eagle and the Beacon, they didn't let anybody go. And which just speaks of volumes of itself. Right. So we had well over 125, 130 people. Well, we just—they knew they had too many. I would guess in '94, it was if it wasn't 100, it was probably in the high 80s and 90s, roughly. You right. know, there's always open positions for churn. Um, so about 100 maybe. Um, and now they're now they're down to 23. And I think we had a library staff at the time, and we had some uh, right. full photography staff. Well, then you had your composing room, and you right. had, of course you had a press room and all those types of people. The library staff was, and younger people just kind of look at me like we're crazy. <laughs> they would spend the day cutting out the newspaper and sorting it into files by subject, category, name. If, if we went up and looked up the Bill Roy file, there'd be a file of clips with Bill Roy's name on it, right. Wichita State basketball. We have... Right now, in the bottom of the eagle, because I helped move—I didn't help physically move them, but arrange them. There's 40 file cabinets full of clippings. Wow! From back in the day, as they would say, that right. have not been archived at all. They're just in 
you can go down there right now and, and pull out if you want to look up Willard Garvey, for instance. Right. There's, a, there's a Willard Garvey folder. There's probably more than one, actually. Right. From, from, because 1984 was when they got their first computer system that archived stuff. So from 84 forward, everything is archived electronically. Prior to that, it's all cut out and put in envelopes. Right. Reading and viewing habits have changed drastically, obviously, and it's because of the Internet. We're all looking at our smaller screens or our desktops at this point. Uh, how did uh, how did the media try to try to accommodate readers through that? No, they, they didn't at right. first, which was probably part of the problem. And of course, when they again, it speaks to the speed of the internet. First, it was first for home computers. Everybody had a home computer. Right. Nobody had laptops. I'm right. looking at Brittany's laptop here. <laughs> didn't have certainly didn't have phones. Um, but, well, they did, but they were the size of a you know a cinder block, and you had to carry them around. Um, so, you know, we've been very slow, I think, the media in general to, to adapt to phones and to not only the, the size of the device, but what people want to see on that device. Right. They, they don't want to see a 3,000-word story and try to read it on their phone. They're just not going to do it. Right. Might do it on their laptop, might do it on their home computer. So I think the, the media's been very slow to, to figure out what they want. Some have been better than others, you know, quick hits, quicker stuff, video, photos. And the problem is, is that you know that everybody wants something different. Right. I'm, a, I'm old, so I want words, right. not interrupt. My kids, they want video. Right. Um, you know, I want words and photos. So it's been a real. Then again, it gets back to trying to find the right target, finding a mass audience with a printed newspaper. You just send it out the door and said, "Look, here it is. Right. This, this is what you're getting today." Yeah. And you know, God bless you. This right. is it. <laughs> on a on a phone or a laptop or a tablet. I can demand this. Is, no, I, I want this. Right. I want all shocker basketball stuff. I want all f- national news. And then it's, and I want it like this, and this is how you're going to package it for me. Right. And so the newspapers, they've been, I think, been a little bit slow to the game to get that, figure out that, that secret formula that people want. When I was in college, and I'm sure when you were in college, uh, we had people who wanted to be print reporters. We had people who wanted to be radio and TV people. That's really not the case anymore, is it? You have to be a multi-platform journalist these days, and I'm sure your son yeah. has had to run into that as well. Yeah, I, I spent a lot of time at the Elliott School. I actually taught there last semester, which gives you an idea of, of, of that. But um, uh, all the most of the students, I try to tell them, look, you're going to be reporting and writing in a variety of platforms. Even right. if you go to work for a newspaper, right. you're still going to be want to shoot video. You're going to want to shoot photos. There's a good chance you're going to show up on Facebook Live from an event. Um, so you're going to need to learn how to do all those types of things. You don't have to be an expert in them, but you have to be exposed to them. And, and, and the Elliott School is very good about making sure kids have those skills, as is you know, KU and K-State. Um, but it is totally different. Yeah, back in the day, there was a definite delineation. The really good-looking people went into TV. Right. And everybody else <laughs> went into print for obvious reasons. And there was a delineation between the two. Pretty much anymore, even I think if you went to Channel 12, you know, their people are, are – you know, they're the, the people they're hiring, they want good writing skills, but they also want really good technology skills right. where they can do a variety of things, including for their digital sites and on air and, and, and behind the camera stuff, too. Yeah. So it's a lot. It's a lot different. You have to be able to shoot video. You have to be able to write for the mm-hmm. web, yep. which is really a different way for, of writing. It is. Pre, uh, broadcasting. And I think it took newspapers a long time to kind of figure that out, that you can't right. just transfer a 18-inch local and stage story to the phone right? because it's just not the same and it doesn't have the same experience and the readers aren't going to read it. And we have seen uh, throughout the years that you talked about initially buyouts. I, I remember when I was there in 1994, I got there in August and then in October, 
we had a round of, of buyouts at the Eagle. And of course, we've seen newsrooms shrink. Uh, radio, TV, you know, there's not much radio news anymore in Wichita. And of course, when I was there in, uh, at KFDI, uh, we had lots of news. Of course, KMEW has a lot of news uh, in its programming. But as far as the, you know, private broadcasters, uh, right. there's, there's not a lot there. TV newsrooms have shrunk as well. Um, talk about your observations as these newsrooms have shrunk, but the demand continues to be there. Well, that's the thing about it is that people <clears throat> still consume news. They right. just consume it differently than you or I did it in a printed form. They, but my kids, uh, well, Connor reads a printed newspaper because he's strange like me, but <laughs> uh, my two daughters who are very up on the news, but they don't read a printed newspaper, but they do consume news. So that's been the hard part is trying to find the right consumer spot. Um, local TV, local radio, I mean, uh, commercial radio, there's not much original reporting going right. on. Um, KMEW, I think, probably has the largest radio staff in the city. Yep. Just not saying much because there's really not many people with staffs. TV has gotten really young. That's what surprised right. me. And it used to be Wichita, and you obviously worked in TV, was a second or third job market right. for kids or for young people. And now it's a first job market. Right. So that's why everyone looks like they're 17 when they're on TV, <laughs> and it, so it's so it's so they have they're having trouble attracting talent as well. When I was at the Elliott School, and I spent a lot of time there advising students and helping students and teaching. Many many of them are not interested in reporting at any level. Right. They're interested in strategic communications, marketing, things like that, because they're not sure that there's a future. Um, in certainly in print, they're a little bit nervous about that, but they're just not interested in doing all that having that burden of learning, as you pointed out, multi-platform journalism, right. and so many are going to Stratcom. And as those newsrooms shrink, they get younger. It does have an impact on the quality of journalism that uh, people read or hear or view. Well, when I, 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 and when I started, I was 21. I mean, it was mm -hmm. just, you know, I had no, really had no business being there, but they hired me, and I wasn't <laughs> going to tell them differently. But I was surrounded by people like Susie Edgerly and Lon Teeter, people who could really kind of guide me. I mean, my first day on the job, I wrote a little short item, and my boss said, well, hey, is that Kansas City, Kansas, or Kansas City, Missouri? And you could tell from the blank look in my face, like, <laughs> oh, there's both? Right. Um, you know, people that teach, you know, Arkansas, little Arkansas, not big Arkansas, things right. like that. You're losing a lot of institutional memory. And, and, that, and that goes beyond, you know, old guys telling stories. I right. think there's actually people who know that, hey, oh, my God, hey, you know, Johnny Dar just died. Right. And who, who the heck said, <laughs> well, hey, yeah. he was a sheriff for a long time. And, you know, people like that have some history and knowledge. You lose that. And I think that's you lose context and you lose some of the stuff and the fabric of the community that you lose. And I just think that's tough. Right. Um, and there are new competitors. Uh, we're not just competing. For example, the, the business journal, I, I, I see the Eagle as a competitor, not an enemy. We're not only competing with local media, we're competing with basically everything, all media. Well, and, and anymore too, you know, if, uh, if I'm a company and I've hired a new vice president, let's say for banking, I don't need the business journal to tell people that. I can tell people that. Right. I can push it out to people. I can right. social media it. I can put out a news release. I don't need you to do that anymore. Um, and so that, I mean, and really what we're competing against is time. It's right. people's time. And, you know, everyone has a phone in their hand, so their time is even more corrupted, as it were. Um, time is, the, is the, what we're fighting against. It's right. hard. Where do we go from here? Where do you see things in the next? Uh, let, things change so quickly, let's say three years. Yeah, three years. I mean, it, it's tough. I mean, I think electronically, um, you know, in, in, in KMEW is different than that we're a nonprofit, you know, we're public radio. 
and we have the ability to tap into money to grants and things like that, which we do constantly to get funding and things like that. So right. that helps. We're not solely reliant on on, the, on advertising. And we also have a, a pretty loyal following of people who think we're what we do is important and give us money. By the way, we have our pledge drive next week, so uh, uh, <laughs> tune get, in. Get get ready. Um, uh, you know, TV. I think is tough. Um, you know, I mean, there's very little on TV anymore. I mean, TV has to do local reporting because right. I can get Hurricane Florence from about 100 places. You bet. I can't get Wichita School Board, and newspapers are the same. That costs money. Right. It costs money to send someone to the school board meeting or to a Wichita State basketball game and to cover it, and that it costs money. Or to the state house or to city hall. Right, right. And, and the problem with the state house and city hall is that your return is not as great. Right. And people think, hey, it's a city hall story about sewer rates. Yeah, but you're going to be paying more in sewer rates. It's important you should pay attention. Right. Doesn't, it doesn't draw the click. It's not very sexy. So it's going to be hard for them. Um, Prince in the same boat. Um, you know, I, I could see, a, I could see a, a, a day where the Eagle doesn't print every day. Uh, right. and, many, and many newspapers have already done that. Pittsburgh just announced it last month. They're doing that. They're down to five days a week in print. Um, New Orleans does that. I think Birmingham, right. Alabama at one time was Detroit. My hometown does that. So I could see us in a day where you don't get a printed paper every day delivered. You could go get it at the Quick Trip or Dillon's, but maybe not delivered. And it would be available electronically. Right. And really, I read. I you know, there's very little in the Eagle in the morning that I haven't already read online, just because I'm I read stuff online sure. all the time. So my wife doesn't, but uh, so so it's new to her. But uh, that's that's your problem. Is that what's the what's the point of a printed newspaper if everything's already been available all day long? You've obviously invested your entire life to journalism. Are you glad you did it? Yeah, I, it was funny when I was in probably in seventh grade and trying to figure out what you wanted to do. And I told my mother, I said, "Well, you know, I think I'd like to be a teacher." Mm-hmm. She said, ah, "They don't make any money. Don't do that." So <laughs> I went into the lucrative world of journalism. Yeah. And she uh, was married to your dad yeah, at the time, right? Yeah, yeah you know, but she, well, she never saw him because he was always at work. Right. Um, somehow we had six children. Not sure exactly how that worked, <laughs> but I, you know, I, I, I've always grown up around it. Loved it. I used to go with my dad when I was six or seven to the newsroom and just thought, "Well, this is this is pretty dang cool." Right. Um, uh, so no, I got, I've got no regrets. I think what we do is important. It isn't the first amendment as we like to point out to people. Sure. Um, I think it's important. Um, it's, it's always interesting. Um, some days more than others, but it's always interesting. You meet interesting people. You work with really interesting people. Right. Um, sometimes strangely so, but interesting. <laughs> um, so I think it's been a good career. I've got, I've got no regrets. I mean, I really wanted to play shortstop for the Tigers. Sure. But then I realized, well, yeah, that probably wasn't going to happen because I wasn't any good. Um, but it's, it's been good, and it's, you know, it's provided for my family. I've got nothing bad to say about the Eagle. They, helped, they provided me a living for 37 years, and, you know, you kind of wish it ended differently. Sure. But, you know, it, it didn't, and, and I moved on, and I've landed in a great spot, a great spot with KMEW, and it's worked out. Most of the former Eagle people who I, we stay in touch with because we have a going-away party every six months <laughs> for somebody else have landed and are doing, are doing pretty well and, and miss the newspaper just because we, cause it was, it was, it's kind of a mission. Right. I mean, it's just important, and we think it's important. TV is the same way. Radio is the same way. We think we have a public function. Um, so I've got I've got no regrets um, about it. Just you know, trying to trying to learn something new, which is fun at my age. Right. I learned a, a new a new industry, and uh, you know I, I worry more about my son. He's twenty. Right. I should know this. He's twenty nine. Going to be twenty nine this month, and he's got to figure out what his long term plan is going to be. Is he going to be able to spend thirty seven years in a business? Right. And it's hard to say yes at yeah. this point. He's and he's about nine years in, eight years in. Hard to say that. 
Will we see more contraction? Will we have more going away parties in the future? Probably. Um, you know, I just, I mean, like I said, they're down to a pretty, to me, they're, they've been at a skeleton crew for a while. You bet. Yeah. And, uh, but I don't know. I mean, you keep thinking you've hit bottom. You've hit bottom. Now we're going to come back. We've hit bottom. Anyway, I don't think they've hit bottom. Right. So I, I worry about that. Yeah. Tom Shine from KMUW, former Eagle editor. Thank you very much for being here. We good to be here. It. Good to hang out Thanks. with you again. You bet. Bill. Good to see you. Thanks. Most bankers are good at banking talk. What you need is a banker who knows how to talk business. Your business, that is. I'm Andrew Cheney, commercial lender here at Equity Bank. If you've got plans to grow, we're ready to talk about your business. Visit equitybank.com. That's it for Biz Talk with Bill Roy this week, episode 69. Again, my thanks to Tom Shine for the discussion. Really appreciate it. Check out all our episodes at Biz Talk with Bill Roy Hub. It's at wichitabusinessjournal.com. Thank you for listening and subscribing. We appreciate that. Biz Talk with Bill Roy is a production of the Wichita Business Journal. Thanks to producer Brittany Showalter, and thanks very much to our sponsor, Equity Bank. Have a profitable week. <laughs>